1: Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread on this NFL week number four, college football. Who knows what week it is? First week for the Houston Cougars, fifth week for a lot of other teams, but we'll be talking about that and everything else on tap on this week's card. And I bring in our co-host Victor King to the show. Victor, I hope you had a good week last week, and you're looking forward to this week
2: as well. Better than the previous week, that is for sure. We're flipping the page on the calendar here as we head into the month of October. A decent week in college football for the dogs last week, particularly uh, conference dogs now holding steady at 19-12 and 12 ATS on the season, including 9-3 and three at home against the spread for all conference home dogs. And if you want to ask me who the winner of the month of September was, it was probably a conference that only started play last week, Mark, that'd be the SEC conference. You know, they, I think they may have had the best season plan. They waited weeks longer than the ACC and the Big 12. We know there were some uh, hiccups in uh, games involving those conferences where some of the games were affected by uh, COVID-19 issues. And the SEC got it going on Saturday. All seven scheduled games were played. We had our uh, usual smorgasbord of outcomes, uh, an upset in Baton Rouge. Really nice looking performances by Alabama and Florida. Uh, Georgia going very, very deep on their quarterback depth chart to basically avoid a, a disastrous opener. Uh, you got to take your hat off to the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I would probably think, you know, historically marked a lower echelon SEC program. But, of course, that led to the hiring of Mike Leach, who's already proven that he can outperform uh, historic expectations. Tough jobs there with Texas Tech and Washington State. And let's not uh, uh, sugarcoat it. Uh, there were some big difficulties getting a new program up and running, particularly a Mike Leach high-octane offensive program amid the pandemic. And he basically delivered the kind of debut that state fans dreamed of upsetting the national champions setting an sec record for fewest rushing yards in a win they only had nine yards last week but they more than made up for it through the air with an sec record of 623 passing yards
1: unbelievable great debut by kevin costello mike leach they put on quite a show in the pit at lsu last week and tip of the hat to them on a job really well done as you mentioned victor here the SEC prepared as well as any conference did for their debut last week sort of a little bit like all the work the NBA put into uh, the bubble and getting ready for the basketball season and uh, job well done again to the SEC for what it exactly was they did last week week number two is now looming for the SEC we're looking forward to all those football games and since we're down here in South Florida I think Victor we should give a tip of the hat to some of the teams that are down here in South Florida as well.
2: Man, oh man, I, I, I couldn't believe it. The the, the the Miami Marlins are in the Major League Baseball playoffs. <laughs> We've already had a fantastic late summer period with the Miami Heat, and it's all paying off with an NBA Finals against LeBron James and the LA Lakers. You probably couldn't ask for a more, a more dramatic NBA Finals script. Uh, not to mention our Miami Hurricanes are back in the top 10 with an absolutely uh, big, big big-time beatdown against Florida State last Saturday.
1: Yeah, it was really, really uh, huge for the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, No doubt about it, Derrick King has really been a spark plug for this offense, and now they're recruiting like they recruited in uh, days of old. They're bringing faster four- and five-star recruits back into the program, and the dividends are beginning to pay off for Miami of Florida, so... We'll see whether or not they can continue their trek and perhaps be one of those teams that challenges or plays Clemson, in the, uh, in the ACC title game. And one more thought on college football here, Victor, before we switch over to the NFL side of things. As I alluded to in the opening of the show, uh, because of the COVID situation here, the Houston Cougars are playing their first game of the season, or at least scheduled to play their first game of the season this week after five postponements this year. And the ironic thing about the five postponements, it wasn't on their part for the COVID. It was every one of their opponents all had COVID issues. Five out of five opponents with COVID issues. So I would think that Dana Holgerson and his teams are jonesing to get out on the football field this weekend. I know they're a mission team by our standard mission teams being teams that had a losing season last year that were preceded by three consecutive bowl seasons. So, we can maybe look for, I think, the Houston Cougars to kind of run it up a little bit if they're if they're able to do just that in their football game. But uh, we'll keep a close watch on what happens in college football this week and taking it over to the NFL side of things. Victor, uh, a lot of high-scoring football games. I'm reading the totals chip sheet this week, and you picked up on that in the tip sheet this week. I'm going to let you expound on that a little bit, uh, if you will. And a uh, good friend of ours, Steve Crabb, from uh, Dallas Texas sent us an email uh, alerting us to the fact of one of the reasons of all these high-scoring overs is the fact that the NFL of which we alluded to last week is letting referees keep the hanky in the pocket Um, and much more so on the offensive line not calling offensive holding nearly as much as they have in the past and it's leading to uh, wide open higher-scoring football games this year and I know mentioned Victor as I mentioned You touched on that in the totals tip sheet this week as well.
2: Yeah, well, in terms of dogs and favorites, uh, underdogs this season in the NFL, we're at 25 and 22, nothing really jumping out at us. But of course, you don't want to bury the lead. And that is the title of the this week's totals tip sheet. Welcome to the new NFL, an NFL in which the average game averages 51.0 points per game. And those are basically unheard of numbers. That's More than five points per game higher than the results from last year. You know, in 2019, the average NFL game is at 45.6. And again, through three weeks, we are at 51.0. And it's a 100-year history mark. We've never opened a season like this scoring tear that we have seen in 2020. Uh, There are a number of theories. We touched on a couple last week. We talked about the lack of fans in the stands and uh, how the COVID has – uh, definitely resulted in some high-scoring games. But part two in this week's tip sheet is the definitely what's going on with the referees and with the penalties. But uh, basically, at the direction of the new NFL leadership team, on-field officials have basically changed the way that they enforce penalties, especially offensive holding. And it's in a way that's way too dramatic uh, to ignore. Through the first 48 games of 2020, officials have thrown flags for 95 offensive penalties. That's 60% fewer than 2019, and it's also 50% lower than the previous five-year averages. And not only that, Mark, but at the same time, flags for defensive pass interference have risen 25% from 2019 to 72 after three weeks. The most since the 2001 season. So there you kind of have it in a nutshell. Reduced offensive holding penalties, more defensive pass interference. We're up to 51. This is the new NFL. And I'll tell you what's shocking to me is half the games this week, that's eight of them, have over underlines of 52 or more points. Wow. It's got you really scratching your head these days because. It takes away a lot of that value that uh, we harp on in seasons past where a over-under line may have been 45 to 47, and maybe the game finishes at 51 and 52. Now you got to deal with that high over-under line right off the bat. And again, half the games have an over-under line of 52 or more this week, and it's got me scratching my head a little bit. One more thing, Mark. Early games versus late afternoon games in the NFL – This blew me away when I did the numbers. Sunday's early kickoff games, those are the 1 o'clock Eastern start games this season. 22 overs, only 5 unders. However, once the clock strikes 4 o'clock Eastern, the Sunday late afternoon kickoff games have gone 2 and 9 over under the season. Only 2 overs, 9 games under the total. I can't explain it. I'm just revealing the facts. (laughs) just the facts man that's all we
1: want are just the facts (laughs) uh one final note here victor in closing before we go over to our nfl game of the week we've got isolated this week the COVID has struck the national football league this week and we knew it was coming it's just a matter of when and to what degree the tennessee titans uh were the first team to report a COVID positive test they're one of two teams right now as we're speaking and doing the show and the curious thing to me, Victor, is that Tennessee has announced that uh, this week they will go through uh, no practices or, or no non-virtual meetings and have only a walkthrough on Saturday to get ready for Sunday's football game. question I have to ask of you, Victor, is if that is the case for the Tennessee Titans doing just that, that being their game plan this week, what does the odds maker do to adjust the line this week?
2: I'm looking at the odds right now and... I am seeing that in that particular game. I'm showing postponed. Pittsburgh Steelers, Tennessee Titans. I know that the original line had the Titans at minus two and a half. On Monday, there was a big steam move in which Pittsburgh came all the way around and was favored by anywhere from one and a half to two points. That's a significant five-point line. It was probably based on sharps with inside information, knowing what was going on with Tennessee, So I think that uh, the fact that they have closed their facilities until Saturday with no practices, I think there's a great, great chance this game is going to be called off this week, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, it looks to be that way right now. Uh, You know, we don't know officially for sure as we're doing the show today whether that's the case. The game is postponed, but with the facilities being taken down like that, I'm sure the oddsmakers will also reassess the situation of the game as we get closer to game time. So let's hope... Cross our fingers that the COVID does not interfere with the movement of the National Football League this season. Although it was our deepest fear and concern that it would, because at some point playing these games outdoors in stadiums and traveling, that the virus would rear its ugly head. So again, we will do our best and hope that it doesn't affect what we're doing as far as we're moving on to the 2020 NFL season this year. And speaking about the 2020 NFL season, don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I are going to tear apart our NFL Game of the Week and what a dandy we've got on tap when New England invades Kansas City for our NFL Game of the Week. And we're back with more here of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread.
3: Only the Playbook Experts VIP Experience offers We Pay the Juice, Conflict Game Notices, Tokens Bonuses, SMS Alerts, and Genius Game Alerts. It's the only customer experience of its kind. To find out more about becoming a Playbook Experts VIP, log on today at playbook.com. Or call toll-free for more information at 1-800-PLAYBOOK. Become a VIP this football season with your Playbook Experts VIP membership.
0: All new Playbooks tokens are here. you're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread. And now let's throw it back to Mark.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence, along with Victor King, as we go against the spread on this NFL and college football card. It's time for our NFL game of the week, where the Kansas City Chiefs take on the New England Patriots in a premier primetime football game this Sunday. And Victor, before I hand it off to you, it's been confirmed that the NFL has indeed canceled the Minnesota-Tennessee game on Sunday. So... One down, and we'll see exactly how many are to go and follow with that result in that announcement. But nonetheless, let's tear down, if we will, this big showdown between the Patriots and the Chiefs. How do you see the scoreboard reading at the end of this football game?
2: Right. This is a game that uh, we definitely want to talk about, unlike the Pittsburgh-Tennessee game, which may be played on Monday night. Probably not, but that definitely is an option. But we want to talk about the Patriots and the Chiefs. And the over underline line in this game opened at 53 and a half. I'm showing it's come down a half point to 53. And in these days, with very, very high NFL over underlines it's more important than ever to be as disciplined as possible, to draw a line in the sand and to not go over that number. In this case, the magic number of 53. And I did play this game over the total at 53. But again, if it gets up to 54 or 55, we're going to pass in this game. But let's take a look at this series between the Chiefs and the Patriots. Five out of the last six meetings have gone over the total. That does include two playoff games between these two. The average line, 50.2. Average combined uh, points scored, 60.2. So in the last six meetings, the average Patriots and Chiefs game has gone over the total by plus 10 points. That is double digits. To me, the most important aspect of this game is that you do got a team playing with reduced rest. That's the Kansas City Chiefs who played on Monday night. And I'll be honest with you. As you mentioned, we record the show on Wednesday mornings, and I still got a little bad taste in my mouth. I was one of the many people who played the Chiefs Ravens over the total on Monday night. And we basically got screwed in that game. 37 points were scored at the half. Only 17 total points were scored in the second half. Shocking that the Baltimore Ravens were held to only one offensive TD. We ended up losing that game by two points. A little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth so far. But, Mark, we can't look back on the losses. We can learn from our losses. And we got to go forward this week like nothing happened. And that is the reason that I do like this game. But, I digress. NFL teams, non-division, playing at home after a Monday road game, that's a reduced rest situation for the Chiefs, have gone 62-32 and 32 to the over. That's 67% over the total over the last 10 years. That's a nice big sample size. When these teams are favored at home, they've gone 71% over the total, 44-18 and over-under. And finally, when they're favored by more than six points, like the Chiefs are in this game that's gone 17-5 and over-under, 77% over the total, that basically tells us that these teams, even on reduced rest, come back home, and they do get involved in some high-scoring games. Another aspect of this game that I talked about in this week's totals tip sheet is we like looking at the teams in this particular week of the season who are undefeated on the year, and that would be the Kansas City Chiefs, and since 2009, game four undefeated home teams, 15 and three, that's 15 overs, only three unders, when the over underline is greater than 44 points. That actually applies to four different teams this week, one of those being Kansas City. The thing I like best about the Patriots is their best over numbers have always been when they are an underdog. In fact, as conference dogs of greater than six points, the Patriots have gone a perfect 9-0 and oh to the over, dating all the way back to the 2000 season. We've got, this is the only game this week involving two top 10 offenses. Chiefs 30.3 points per game, New England 29.0. Neither team is a top 10 defense. Once again, we'll reiterate, At less than 54 points, this is a play on the over for us. If it gets to 54 or 55, it's going to be a scratch. It's going to be a layoff. I say that because 53 is pretty much a dead number in the NFL, but not 54 and 55. Those are two very popular scoring outcomes. Many different scoring combinations can finish with a game right on top of 54 or 55 points. So there's your line. Draw it in the sand. Play disciplined. Anything under 54, we're going over. At 54 or higher, it's going to be a pass, Mark.
1: Well, very disciplined. We're going to look to play over 53. We're going to pass at 54, so be sure to check out the line and be smart about your play in this big New England-Kansas City game from Victor King. And as Victor alluded to, this is a game four matchup involving undefeated football teams. I'm going to hit on that a little bit on the close end of my Analysis on this football game for the New England Patriots born again. They are with Cam Newton now at quarterback. And all of a sudden, this team is revitalized and arguably playing better than they have in any of the past two football seasons. Bill Belichick brings a big revenge chip on his shoulder into this football game. And the reason I'm calling that out is there is nobody better in the NFL when playing with revenge than the hoodie. He's 22-7 and 2 against the spread as a dog with revenge in his career with the Patriots including 11-1 and one in non-division games. The Pats have taken it on the chops the last four games in a row to the money in the series, however. And in fact, if you take a look at the series here, Kansas City has dominated the AFC East. They've won the money 11 in the last 13 games. Kansas City comes in here obviously off that big battle with Baltimore on Monday night, which made them the number one team in the national football league in everybody's power rankings and deservedly so. A quick mention here that Kansas City in games after Baltimore is 0-8 to the spread the last eight times after they faced the Ravens. Uh, Andy Reid against Bill Belichick in head-to-head coach up matchups. This is pretty interesting. Andy Reid just 3-7 straight up, but 6-4 to the number against Bill Belichick. However, between these two head coaches, when they played, it's been all visiting teams. Visitors are 7-2 to the spread in Reid-Belichick matchups. And the underdog is eight and two to the spread in reed belichick matchups bottom line to me in this game guys is i can't fade a three and zero home team in game four of the national football league we wrote in an article in this week's playbook newsletter uh it's our bet you didn't know column and it's all about three and zero home teams in game four when they are not favored by more than seven points these home teams are 25 7 and 1 straight up into the number that number comes to kansas city All of my coaching numbers goes to Bill Belichick in this game which means what I'm going to do is I'm gonna pull up a seat in the lazy boy this week sit back relax and watch the football game it's a tough tough call we don't have to bet every game that comes across the board we can just enjoy them as fans that's exactly what I'm going to do on this football game this week and with that it's time to hop out to Las Vegas now and join in with our good friend Andy Isco as he joins us from Vegas to get the Vegas vibe on what's going on in Vegas any from TheLogicalApproach.com. Indy, I hope everything was good for you last week, and you're looking forward to a good week this week as well.
4: Well, Mark, Saturday was pretty good. Sunday was just okay, but uh, we get to do it again all over this coming weekend, and uh, a lot of excitement in Las Vegas as apparently things are going to open up, and uh, groups of 250 are now going to be able to get together, and I think they may be doing that as sort of uh, a step towards uh, allowing some attendance when Mountain West play gets underway for UNLV. Uh, later this autumn and possibly although I'm not I haven't heard anything about it they may start to allow some fans at uh, Legion Stadium although I think that's still more likely not than yes but other than that uh, it's been a a great start overall to the football season we're starting to see some form develop and I'm looking forward to week number four in the NFL
1: yeah week number four it looks like it might be with minus one team the Tennessee Minnesota game has been postponed, maybe moved to Monday night, who knows what, but we'll see what happens with the ongoing COVID situation in that particular football game. But uh, with that, Andy, the contests do go on in Las Vegas. And I know there's some reporting of information that people would love to hear what happened last week in the Super Bowl contest and at the Circa as well.
4: Sure. I'll take a look at the four major contests. I'll start actually in reverse order going with the Circa Survivor. That's the $1,000 entry fee. You pick one team a week straight up. If you adv- if they win, you advance. And if uh, they lose or tie, and that's important because we did have a tie between Philadelphia and Cincinnati this past week, so those contestants who picked either the Bengals or Eagles have been eliminated. They started with 1,390 contestants uh, for some reason, at least uh, based upon the count. 17 of them did not submit picks for the first week because they only had 1,373. They had 585 eliminated in week one, four more in week two, and 126 were eliminated in week number three. So that of the original 1,390 entries, 675 remain. That's uh, a little bit more than 50% through just three weeks of the NFL season. I'll go back to the Super Contest, the Super Contest Classic. Uh, That's the traditional contest $1,500 entry fee, five picks per week against a static point spread. Looking at the consensus, after a pair of three and two weeks to start the season, last week was a rough week for the contestants as they went one and four. So for the season, the consensus for the Super Contest Classic, which has just under 1,200 entries this year, seven and eight. There are two leaders tied with records of 13 and two, two more a half point behind at 12, two and one, and six more uh, behind them at 12 and three looking at the super contest gold that one drew only 72 entries uh this uh, this season uh, that's a uh, five thousand dollar entry fee so they're paying playing for 360 thousand dollars the consensus in week one was three and two and followed it up with a four and one week in week two however in week three two and three for the uh, top five plays in the super contest gold and of course it's not quite a significant uh, distribution as in the Super Contest Classic with only 72 entries, but for $5,000 it does carry significance for those 72 contestants. 9-6, and six, uh, the best record amongst the three major contests for the consensus plays for uh, the first three weeks. The one leader in the uh, Super Contest Gold has a nice record of 11-3-1. And, the, uh, and that's a nice record because there's only 72 contestants, so it's less likely that there would be extreme results with fewer contestants involved. Uh, second place, just a half game back at 11-4, and, and a half game further back at 10-4-1, two more contestants. Uh, finally, the Circa Million, which has now become the main contest, the big contest in Las Vegas, only in its second year, they went from 1,875 entries uh, in its inaugural season to over uh, 3,000 entries this season. That's a $1,000 entry fee fashioned after the Westgate Super Contest, five picks per week. The consensus in the Circa million, three and two for the first two weeks. Last week it uh, turned around and went two and three, so eight and seven for the uh, first three weeks. Now, interestingly, in both the Super Contest Classic and the Circa Million, there are quarterly prizes uh, for the best record through the first four weeks, and then weeks five through eight, nine through twelve, and thirteen through seventeen, and so we're entering the final week of the first quarter. And so right now, two contestants are tied for the lead, 1 and one. I don't have what the final prize total was because the additional fees over the three thousand dollar entry over the three thousand entries that were needed to guarantee the three million dollars uh, were going into all all of it was going into the quarterly prizes. But had there been exactly 3,000 or fewer entries, 150,000 for first place for each quarter, 75,000 for second, and 25,000 for third. And those numbers obviously boosted up a little bit because they exceeded the 3,000 entries. Two contestants tied at 13-1-1 entering the final week of the first quarter. Seven more just a half game back at 13-2. and There's one at 12-2-1. So those are the top 10 leaders right now. 21 are 12-3, meaning they're just a game and a half behind uh, the first-place leaders. So it'll be interesting to see how this contest ends up over the uh, fourth week of the season, which will be uh, the final week of the first quarter. And then finally, one uh, prize to report, or one standing to report, there is a booby prize worth $100,000 for the Circa Million contestants. Whoever has the worst record at the end of 17 weeks, provided they've made selections for all 17 weeks, Wins $100,000. Currently, uh, there's one person who has gone 2 and 13. I don't think they deliberately went uh, 2 and 13 over the first three weeks. One of the uh, strategies that I've been uh, suggesting to people when I've talked about it is you still want to go for the quarterly prizes each week uh, or each quarter, meaning that you want to go 5 and 0 in the first week of a quarter, certainly no worse than 4 and 1. But if you're struggling throughout the contest and you don't have a four and one through the first week of a uh, of a quarter, you may want to set your sights on trying to do poorly in the next in weeks two, three, and four of each quarter to try and end up in contention for that booby prize because $100,000 is a nice uh, is a nice reward for. Uh, do, do you really call it failure? I don't, I'm not <laughs> quite sure if you're winning a prize for that, but that would be a strategy that uh, I have discussed with a number of people.
1: Well, Andy, I would say this, that handicapping the handicappers, the guy that's two and 13 will not win the booby prize because if he tries to bottom out and tank out, he still has to handicap to do that. And if, he's, if he opened up a two and 13 trying to handicap, my best guess is he won't be fortunate enough to handicap himself to keep in the cellar. That's just my synopsis, my guess. He would be my guy I would fade to say that he will eventually. I, I
4: would tend to agree with you because, you know, it's almost just as easy. It may be just as easy to pick, to pick, or just as difficult to pick winners as it is to pick losers. It's the NFL. Un- un-
1: unquestionably, it sure. surely is. <laughs> and uh, we've all been there before uh, wondering that. Uh, sometimes when we go in bad streaks, customers will call and say, why don't you just give out the opposite of what you're thinking? Well, we don't handicap games that way. And it doesn't work. And the reason you don't do that is because you put your best foot forward all the time and i don't know if this gentleman's best foot is going to carry him forward anymore or keep him at the bottom but interesting observation nonetheless and the updates are always appreciated uh, on the show this week andy and uh i also just learned any that uh i know that we were going to talk about the lines in uh from this uh westgate that were projected last week and we do have some time to do that okay so if you have those week uh, i know our listeners would like to hear that uh, about the lines that were sent out last week for week number four to see if there were any line movements of note.
4: Sure. Uh, we we had a few interesting changes. I guess, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the the biggest moves, the Indianapolis Colts at Chicago Bears, when the send out came last Tuesday, which would have been September 22nd, uh, that game was a pick em. When the line was reposted Sunday afternoon, following the Colts' win over the Jets and the Bears' comeback against Atlanta, uh, Indianapolis was installed as a two-and-a-half-point road favorite, so that's a, a fairly significant move. Uh, New Orleans at uh, Detroit. New Orleans was a four-point uh, favorite uh, when the lines came out. Uh, and by the way, these are lines that actually can be bet into. They're not just look-ahead or suggested Lions. Uh, New Orleans was a four-point road favorite at Detroit, and after uh, their loss, uh, after Detroit's win, uh, nonetheless, New Orleans had gone up to a five-and-a-half-point favorite When New Orleans lost uh, to Green Bay uh, in the evening uh, Sunday night, they uh, were reinstalled Monday morning as a four-point favorite. So really no change in that one but for the reaction uh, to Detroit's upset win at Arizona earlier on Sunday. And speaking of Arizona, we saw a one-point move as a result of that. They are at Carolina this week. The advance line, three-and-a-half. Cardinals are now four-and-a-half-point road favorites at uh, Carolina uh, looking at other interesting moves, Pittsburgh at Tennessee. They may play this game on 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 Monday or Tuesday, uh, as you mentioned. It has been postponed from Sunday. It is worth noting that Tennessee was a three-point home favorite when the lines came out a week ago Tuesday. When the lines came back out on uh, on on um, Sunday night, Tennessee was down to a one-and-a-half-point favorite. And of course, as news broke and spread about Tennessee. With the COVID-positive test, Pittsburgh actually was as high as a two-and-a-half-point road favorite until that game was taken off the board uh, late Monday or maybe mid-Monday afternoon. The uh, Another interesting move involves the Giants and Rams game. Last week, the, the Rams opened as nine-point home favorites over the Giants, and during the week, it was bet up slightly to nine-and-a-half before the game was taken off Sunday morning before Sunday's games were played. After the Giants had uh, a a pathetic effort against the uh, uh, 49ers at home, and the Rams fell behind, rallied, but couldn't quite hold on, but certainly you have to give them credit for their effort in Buffalo. Uh, When it had been taken down at 9.5, it came back posted at 11. So there was a a 1.5 point move uh, just in the uh, adjustment of the number, and that has been bet up to 12. So a significant uh, adjustment from 9.5 all the way up to 12. Uh, but I'm not sure that it's not warranted based upon the performance of the uh, two teams. You did mention the Kansas City-New England game in your preview, uh, which is a very difficult game to handicap, but a very entertaining game, supposedly, or at least hopefully to watch. Kansas City had been an eight-point favorite. It then had been adjusted down to seven and a half, and when the line came up again on Tuesday morning, uh, Kansas City was a seven-point favorite. That number may not vary much during the uh, course of the week. And one other one to mention is the San Francisco hosting Philadelphia Sunday night game. 49ers, with all the concern about the injuries, they were relatively small, 3.5 to 4-point road favorites at uh, uh, the uh, New York Giants last week. At the same time, when the line came out on Tuesday for this game, they were 3.5-point home favorites against Philadelphia. And of course, the 49ers blew away the Giants and Philadelphia managed to force overtime and then ended up settling for a tie with winless, also winless Cincinnati to stand 0-2-1. That line was reposted with San Francisco up to a 5.5-point home favorite, so a two-point move based upon Sunday's results. The betters didn't think that was enough of an adjustment. That line has been bet up to Philadelphia uh, minus 7.
1: The line moves from Las Vegas from the Superbook from Andy Esco reporting from Las Vegas. Andy from TheLogicalApproach.com. And I encourage all our listeners to check out his weekly newsletter inside this week's weekly newsletter. Andy goes over the key numbers in the National Football League. You can find out what they are and their percentages of winning, along with the advice of whether or not to buy a half point in games. Andy tells you what to do and why as well. So check out this week's Logical Approach Newsletter. Log on at thelogicalapproach.com. You'll be glad you did.
4: Actually, Mark, I made an error last night when I did the first send uh, transmission. I actually accidentally sent last week's newsletter. I followed that up about uh, half an hour or so later with the current newsletter for week five.
1: Well, then I was privy to that, Andy, because that's what I read this morning. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) So actually,
4: actually, um, the, the current issue... Actually introduces my weekly spreadsheet for the 2020 season for NFL and college, talks about the various statistics that I use, and sort of sets up for next week's discussion in the newsletter of what I call the X factor or factor X, which is a way that I use to measure efficiency. Interesting concept, proves useful, and helps to explain things that may not necessarily show up in the traditional statistics or in the box score.
1: Well, check it all out, guys. I would highly encourage that. Andy's newsletter at thelogicalapproach.com, if you will. And now, Andy, if you would, I know our listeners would love to know what you're looking at tap on for your complimentary play in the NFL this week.
4: Well, I was going to at some point work into our conversation a couple of axioms that are worth repeating probably two to three times a season because they do, I think, have an impact on how we approach handicapping games and evaluating results and those two axioms are, when two good teams play, one good team must lose. When two bad teams play, one bad team must win. So <laughs> you don't want to necessarily upgrade a, a losing team that won a game against a fellow losing team, nor do you necessarily, and this is probably as if not more important, you don't want to downgrade a team. So for example, I won't downgrade Baltimore all that much, if at all, based upon its losing to the best team in football this past Monday night in Kansas City and with that thought in mind at least the thought about the two bad teams playing I'm going to look at the game between Jacksonville and Cincinnati of course Jacksonville with extra rest following their home loss to Miami an example of a bad team defeating another bad team Uh, although both teams despite having a struggle to that point had been playing well Jacksonville actually opened the season with an upset of the Indianapolis Colts on their home field Cincinnati has been a uh, more competitive team than expected uh, with all three games this year decided by five points or less, including last Sunday's tie against uh, Philadelphia. The offense, however, does rank last in yards per play, and the defense allows 5.0 yards per rush, which is an ugly number. Uh, The Jags, as I mentioned, do have extra rest, and they do have uh, the better running game, which should be able to exploit that Cincinnati rush defense. Both teams are in transition in the rebuilding process. Of course, Cincinnati quarterback Joe Burrow has looked nice in his first three games, and Gardner Minshew has performed well for Jacksonville. Jacksonville slightly ahead, I believe, in the overall re- rebuilding process, meaning it's difficult for me to justify laying a field goal uh, with a team that has the profile that Cincinnati has, especially that running comparison with their poor rushing defense going up against a good running uh, offense. So, I'm going to take the three points with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Probably put a little bit on the money line, but again, uh, won't over, uh, won't overrate the result of this game because one of these two, let's call them bad teams, will end up posting a victory unless they uh, can't decide ten minutes of overtime.
1: Andy Isco on and the Jacksonville Jaguars taking the points against Cincinnati the first time. Joe Burrow will be laying points in his NFL career on Sunday. We'll see whether or not that works for him or not but Andy's in the Jags in that football game. Andy, great job on the show this week. Once again, as always, I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this week, and we'll look forward to talking with you next week here for the Vegas Vibe on Mark Lawrence against the spread.
4: Thanks, Mark. Best of luck to you, Victor, and all of the listeners out there as uh, we're starting to, the, the, the beauty about the statistics is they're starting to become meaningful. We're starting to see the identity of these teams, and hopefully it will help us throughout the balance of the season.
1: Once again, Andy, good luck to you. That was Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas with his Vegas vibe. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week and complimentary plays from Victor and myself.
3: When we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach football newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. Attention sports fans,
0: it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sportsbook online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in apple and g as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best, his
3: awesome, Awesome, awesome angle of the week.
1: All right, guys, let's get to our awesome angle of the week this week, and it comes directly from this week's Playbook Football Newsletter, and we call it All Tied Up. And what we're looking to do is to play against any NFL away team if they play to an overtime tie the previous game. And simply put, teams that play five quarters to a tie and then take out onto the road really tend to not show up in football games. That's confirmed by our database, which takes us back to 1988, finding these teams just 3-12 against the spread, 0-15 straight up when they're on the road off a tie in their previous game. With that, we'll be fading the Philadelphia Eagles when they invade San Francisco this week for our awesome angle play of the week on the show this week. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports to get his complimentary play on the show this week. And Victor, if you would, let us know what you've got on tap this week as well.
2: Sure can, and over the total weekend in college football, we've got a three-star over of the week, and that'll be available uh, anytime Thursday at playbook.com. We're going to then head into Sunday with not one, not two, but three games in the NFL. And, of course, we're on that over bandwagon. We're going over the total in all three. That uh, NFL totals triple play will be available at playbook.com on Friday evening. And for our free play of the week, we got to go back to King's best friend because, you know, last Sunday morning before I left for work at Playbook, I pulled Tuco's favorite purple squeaky toy out of my sock drawer. The seven-game suspension was over. His eyes lit up. He played with it all day long, and he delivered a winner for us with the Pittsburgh Steelers over their team total of 24.5 points. They did most of the heavy lifting in the first half with 17 points scored. They didn't officially cash the winner till midway through the fourth quarter, but they did score 28 at home against Houston. So Tuco is back on the winning trail. He's back in his master's good graces. And this week... He's going over the total, and the bar has been set high. We touched on this earlier in the show. uh, As the over-under lines this week, the average over-under line is 50.0 points. That's the average line. and Again, folks, that's about four and a half to five points higher than any other week in NFL history. So it does make you at least think a little bit about your selection in this case, Tuco is going Dallas Cowboys over their team total of 30 points. Dallas comes home, and they're taking on the Cleveland Browns in a non-conference game. And based on the fact that Dallas is favored by 4.5 and and that the over-underline is around 55, their team total is now 30 points. That's about four points higher than it would have been last season at any time. But the great thing for us is that This pissed-off Cowboys team is now the number one offense in all of football. Their average of 491 offensive yards per game is 30 yards more than even the next highest team, which is the Green Bay Packers. And we also don't want to forget how prolific this Cowboy offense was at home last season. Dallas was number two overall in the entire league at home with an average of 32.1 points per game scored when playing at uh, Jerry's World. And not only that, but against less than 666 opponents last year, they actually averaged 39.5 points per game at home. Now, on defense, the Cleveland Browns were, of course, well aware that they you know, took on a pretty bad Washington team last week and, of course, held the offensively challenged Washington to just 14 points. But prior to that, and dating back to last season, the Browns allowed 30 or more points in five straight games. And the clincher from our database NFL non division road dogs of less than 10 with a very, very high over underline of 54 or more points have allowed an average of 36.8 points per game on defense. That applies to the Brownies this week. Tucos team total of the week Dallas Cowboys over 30 points. We'll see if he can bring home another winner. And, of course, best of luck to you this weekend also, Mark. Well,
1: Tuco goes over the Dallas Cowboys. Looks to, for them to put up some points against the Cleveland Browns this week for his Victor's complimentary play on the show this week. And be sure to check out all of Victor's plays from King Creole Sports online at playbook.com this weekend. And while you're online, check out our friends at mybookie.ag where you could get, get double your first deposit. That's a double your first deposit offer from my friends at mybookie.ag. All you need to do is call toll-free 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387. Use the promo code PLAYBOOK to get your double your first deposit bonus at mybookie.ag. We've got our October special going right now, and what a great October special it is we have at our Preferred Picks Executive Service. All of my college and NFL football plays throughout the entire five-week month of October, plus plays for my NBA playoff and Major League Baseball services We're documented number one in the NBA this year. You can get it all for just $199 complete. It's quite an offer, a half-price offer. Check it out, our October special for $199. To take advantage, log on at playbook.com or call me toll-free at one 800 321 77 77 and with that I'm gonna move on to my complimentary play on the show this week and I'm gonna go to the Southeast Conference where the Texas A&M Aggies are taking on Alabama and we're gonna grab up all those points with the Aggies in this contest against the Crimson Tide in our playbook preview guide magazine this year we noted that head coach Jimbo Fisher only one time in his career has lost five games in a season His team bounced back the next year and went 9-4 straight up and and 8-4 to the spread. This is his bounce back year in that role this season here. Fisher is also a perfect 5-0 to the spread in his career as a head coach, as a double digit dog, in games in which his team owns a win percentage of 666 or better. Alabama's Nick Saban has been outstanding of late at home, no doubt about it, on a 49-2 winning run of late. But... He's only six and 12 against the spread in home openers in his head coaching career in college football. One and eight to the spread in that role when coming off a win. We look for A&M to take the Crimson Tide right down to the wire in this football game. And with that, we'll take the points with Texas A&M for our complimentary play on the show this week. And that's gonna put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I wanna thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports. Our good friend Andy Isco from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com for joining us. And until next week, our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. This is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it. And good luck as always.